Amen. Praise Jesus. I said somebody, I, okay, let's try that again. Praise Jesus. Amen. All right. Somebody say, I love, I love Jesus. Tell your neighbor, I love Jesus. How about you? All right. Amen. Um, let's see, I'm going to get into this real quick. I'm not going to take too long. I'll only be preaching a couple hours, so you guys will be okay. All right. Uh, I want to talk about, a, about something that I think is a very touchy subject, kind of controversial, but at the same time, I feel like it's affecting a lot of people today, um, and it's the topic of sacred versus secular. That's what I want to talk about tonight, is sacred versus secular. It's going to be a little bit of a teaching, kind of like the last time I was preaching at youth. Um, Sacred versus secular. And basically, the thought is this, that, um, you know, we're trying to erase the lines between secularism, secularism, I can say that word, and Christianity, kind of er, trying to erase that line uh, and so, you know, it's sometimes, you know, you, you, you listen to it and it kind of sounds like it's got good intentions. You know, it's, you know, let's say, for example, you're driving down the car, you're driving down the road and you're passing by a church. And if you're passing by the church, you're not allowed to say any bad words because you're next to the church. But if you're not next to the church, you can curse. It's OK. And that's kind of the idea is, no, wherever you are. Uh, is holy, you know, it's not like you're next to church and, and it's holy ground. No, you shouldn't curse anywhere, right? Not just next to church. Um, you know, and it, the thought is, if you're, let's say you're a plumber, right? You're a plumber who happens to be Christian. Well, your job profession doesn't mean that you're not a Christian at work. You know, you're not just a Christian at church and then you go to work and then you have a job. No, you're at work, you're a Christian. And I agree with that, right? Amen? You know, it doesn't matter what you do, it doesn't matter where you are, everything you, we do should be for the glory of God, right? Everything we do, no matter what, if we're at school, if we're on the job, if we're, you know, hanging out, whatever we do, everything should be for the glory of God. And, you know, that's, you know, amen. I agree with all of that, right? But then they take that, the, the thought goes a little bit further, and it says, that, uh, you know, we as Christians, as long as you're a Christian, you can do whatever you want and you're okay. You can do whatever you want. You can listen to whatever music you want to listen to. You can, uh, you know, hang out with whoever you want to hang out with. You can watch whatever you want to watch. And you're okay because, well, you're a Christian and you can take God's light anywhere you, anywhere you can go because you have the light, of God, the light of Christ in you. You know, I heard that today Christians are watching things like, uh, there's a TV, sh- TV series called Game of Thrones. And I don't know what games of Game of Thrones is. I have no idea what it, you know, what it was until I heard something about it at work, um, what people were saying about it. And it's a, it sounds like a very, really bad show. It's got sexual content in there, lots of violence, really bad show. And there's Christians, that, oh yeah, there's no problem with it. No problem whatsoever. And so it's, it's this thought of dividing, or it's, it's this thought of not having a division between sacred and secular, right? And so it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of mixing it all together, and you have this, you know, there's no such thing really as, as, as a division between sacred and secular. It's just one thing. It's just, you know, you can do whatever you want, and it's okay. That's the thought. 
And I want to look at that thought biblically because what scares me today is there's a lot of people that believe this and there's a lot of Christians, especially a lot of Christian leaders that are talking about this and that are okay with this. And it seems like maybe for the past couple years, I would say past four years, five years that I've been hearing about this. And for some reason, I feel like right now it's getting worse and worse and worse. And so what I wanted to do tonight was I wanted to talk about it and I wanted to kind of bring it to the light and show us a biblical perspective on it. What, how should we approach this subject? What should we, uh, how should we view this? Uh, not from our point of view, but from the biblical point of view. All right, before we keep going, let's pray and ask that the Holy Spirit would speak to us and that he would lead us. Lord, we praise you for tonight. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for your truth. Lord, we thank you that we can gather here as the body of Christ, and we praise you. Lord, and we pray that tonight we would be able to hear your word. Holy Spirit, open up our hearts. Let the word of God drop in our hearts. Lord, we, we, just, Lord, we reject all of uh, every distraction, God. Let there be no distractions, and God, let your word have its way in our hearts because we need it. It's our daily bread, and tonight we pray that you would speak to us in the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. All right, amen. Um, I wanted to show a video right off the bat, and the reason why I want to show this video is not because I don't like this guy or I, I don't have a problem with this guy. Um, <clears throat> for all we know, he could really love God and be a great Christian, but this video shows a very good example of what people think today. This is, I, I, I saw this, and I'm like, man, this is exactly how a lot of Christians think. And so basically, he's talking about is secular music, is listening to secular music a sin? Um, and, the, and secular music, is a, it's a very, and we're not only talking about music, we're talking about everything. But music is a, is a way where it's easy to connect because we all listen to music. We all, uh, you know, we probably listen to music once a day. I know I listen to music every day. Something that's a part of our life. And so he just talks about, is listening to secular music Okay. And, um, and let's look at what, and I'm going to stop it a couple of times to, to give a little feedback. No, not that video, the other one. <clears throat> oh, that's something else. I'll show that to you guys later. Uh, yeah, the first video with that one guy, Noah, you know who I'm talking about. And... Uh, there we go. Now, that's a question I get a decent amount where they ask, you know, can you talk about or, you know, speak on why secular music is evil or it's not okay? And I just want to chat about that because I think the paradigm in the world view of it is what's distorted in the first place. To me, I don't even think there is such thing as secular and sacred. Now, what do I mean by that? Now, when you look in the scriptures or you do some historical research, that is a platonic worldview where the ancient Greeks said there's a difference between spirit and body. Spirit's good, body's evil. And what they did is they also did that with work and they let that trickle and in, trickle into work, jobs, and music. And so about medieval times, you had the church kind of being infected by that. And then all of a sudden where someone could be a blacksmith toward the glory of God, someone could be in the meat market to the glory of God. There was kind of this notion in medieval times that you were kind of varsity Christian or more sacred if you, you know, were a pastor, a theologian, or a Bible study leader, as we'd say today, right? And that same thing all trickled into right, music. We wretched. Right <clears throat> okay, so let's think about what he said for a little bit. What he said in the very beginning was he said that it's a platonic worldview 
where basically it worked its way into the church, but first it was in the Greek uh, culture, and, and it was that the body is bad and that the spirit is good. Um, and I'm not really sure where he got that from. Uh, it, it's, it, I, I don't know. It doesn't, he didn't give any context. Maybe he didn't have enough time to explain it. I don't know. The only thing I know that has anything to do with the church is the Nicolaitans. Uh, if you guys know who the Nicolaitans were, it was a false teaching. That Revelations chapter 2, what did Jesus say about the Nicolaitans? He hated, right? He hated their teaching. Um, and so it was something that Jesus really didn't, didn't like. And what the Nicolaitans thought was that your spirit is good, always good. Your body is always bad because they couldn't get over sin. They couldn't stop sinning. And they're like, well, it must be impossible. So instead of trying to fight the sin and trying to get free of sin, they just said, well, let's just say that the body, can't, the body sins, but our spirit cannot sin. It's perfect. And so God's not going to judge our body. He's going to judge our spirit. Therefore, we can do whatever we want while we're in the body because our spirit is not sinning. It's safe. It's a very false, it's a, it's a very bad teaching. I'm not sure if he was talking about that or what he was talking about, but then he said it trickled down into the medieval church, which those two things are separated by hundreds of years. I'm not really sure how that worked. Um, so before we keep going, I, I just wanted to address that. Uh, this is a, actually a document from the third or fourth century from the first church. It's very interesting what they said about work. This is, this, is, uh, this is a poly, apostolic tradition, kind of like a letter that, that they wrote. It's a really big letter. I'm just going to read one paragraph. This is what they talked about people having jobs back in the day. They will inquire concerning the works and occupations of those who are brought forward for instruction. If someone is a pimp who supports prostitutes, he shall cease or he shall be rejected. Speaking of the church, rejected by the church. If someone is a sculptor or a painter, let them be taught not to make idols. Either let them cease or let them be rejected. If someone is an actor or does shows in the theater, that's an interesting one. Either he shall cease or he shall be rejected. If someone teaches children worldly knowledge, it is good that he cease. But if he has no other trade, let him be permitted. A charioteer, basically someone that worked in the, um, in the games, the uh, gladiator games, uh, likewise, or one who takes part in the games or one who goes to the games, he shall cease or he shall be rejected. If someone is a gladiator or one who teaches those among the gladiators how to fight or a hunter who is in the wild beast shows in the arena or a public official who is concerned with gladiator shows, he shall cease or he shall be rejected. If someone is a priest of idols or an attendant of idols, he shall cease or he shall be rejected. So basically, that and it goes on and on. I'm not going to read anymore, but... Just to give you guys a background of what the first church thought about work. And, you know, that, that kind of is not a true statement. I'm not really sure where he got that from. But let's keep watching the video. Music out and said, unless it's explicitly talking about Jesus, it's not good and it's not Christian. But I just want to chat about that because, if I can just be honest, I struggle with that. I struggle with that because... I've had, I mean, I still remember when I was in my dorm freshman year, when I first started following Jesus, I took hours going through my iTunes library, deleting all my secular music because I thought it was evil. But then I started to realize the barometer isn't like, does it talk about Jesus or not? The barometer is that it's art and it can speak for itself to the glory of God. And so the barometer is, is it true, beautiful, and excellent, or is it not? And sometimes there's some crossover with, you know, when it's Christian music, we call it, and which one it's in. But I mean, think about that. We say right, that if it on, talks let's, about... you. Know. Let's stop that. Let's think about that for a little bit. So, 
what he said, what he said was, the, was, was the barometer is if it's... <laughs> no. Thank you, Noah. Unglorified. That's better. That's that's good. All right. Um, well, let's let's think about what he said. He said the, the barometer is if it's good, if it's good art. Now, this is the thought that that is many. <laughs> you guys take pictures. This is the thought that is many times said over and over. This is what I hear, and this is the thought that kind of scares me. Is is that people say if it's good art. If it's good, like, it's not if, it's, if it talks about Jesus or if it doesn't talk about Jesus, if it has bad lyrics, if it talks about worldliness, if it talks about drugs and sex, whatever. That's not, that's not the problem. The problem is, is it good art? If it's good art, then it glorifies God. Now, that's a thought that is very, it's a very um, kind of a beneficial thought for some people. You know, they're like, man, I want to listen to something good. So I'm going to say, you know, if it sounds good, that must mean it comes from God because God makes good things. Okay, that's, that's you know very good logic right here. And so, if it comes from God, that means it's okay to listen to because God only makes good things. Uh, and so that thought, where I hear I hear it a lot, and you know people are like, no, that you know people. So I heard somebody say that, and they're like, it's okay if it's got cursing, it's okay, whatever, as long as it's good art. And they're like, well, can you find that like in? Like, can you support that? They're like, well, we're, how? And they're like, what's scripture? They're like, man, it's in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. It's just in the Bible, every, everything. <laughs> then he started talking about, like, nature. Like, it's, you just look at nature and, and that it's, it never gets actually explained in the Bible. People just say it's a biblical truth, but they never actually explain that in the Bible. And you'll notice a lot of these things. It's like, eh, I don't know. I don't, where, where do you find that in the Bible? They just know it's in the Bible. Where? Nobody really knows. So, uh, and that, that's the thought that's very, you know, it's kind of, that's, that's not right. That's a very tricky way to put it. But let's keep watching. Fine things, sex, drugs, and rock and roll per se, it's evil. Now, of course, I don't want to listen to that stuff because it's not filling my mind with what's good, true, and beautiful. But we're very easy, we very easily call that a sin. But how come when there's Christian music that's really poorly produced and bad art, we don't call that just as much a sin. But biblically it is, because if we're supposed to be products of the Creator, we are supposed to be His creation, reflecting who He is, then that means as Christians we should have the most creativity, we should also be the best artist because we know the true artist. And so when we're, when we're reflecting God as cheesy, as a copycat, as poorly produced, that's just as much sin because we're giving a poor image of who He is and what He's done for us. And that goes not just to music, right. but to T-shirts. That's, that's enough. Um, so and he keeps going on and on. But, but I, I think you guys got the main point of what he's trying to say, right? Is that, you know, it's okay if, it, you know, it's, it's as much of a sin if it's bad art as if it's poorly, or if it's, if it's poorly produced as much of a sin as if it's filled with all kind of, you know, profane and evil things. Uh, and, you know, he used zero scriptures for that. And, you know, because you don't find that in the Bible. And this is, this is the thing that, that really troubles me is we hear a lot of these things. We hear it from preachers. We hear it from, from different people. And they, they don't use Scripture. And if they do use the Scripture, they'll take it out of context. They'll use it in a, in a wrong way. And the problem is people don't know their Bibles today. A lot of Christians are illiterate. 
biblically illiterate. They don't know what's in the Bible, so they listen to it like, man, that's good. Like, yeah, you use the Bible scripture. Man, yeah, that's, that sounds so good. But they don't even know what's the next verse. You know, someone's like, you know, it's okay if we sin because, we, you know, when there's more sin, the Bible says there's more grace. You know, and, and he kind of keeps talking about how it's okay for us to sin. But then the next verse says, you know, should we keep on sinning? No, of course not. Uh, you know, they don't continue the thought. They just kind of take scriptures out of context. I heard a couple days ago uh, a really famous preacher, big-time preacher, said uh, this about Ruth. And I've never seen that about Ruth. But uh, you guys remember when Ruth and uh, what was her stepsister's name? Or- Orpa? Oprah? Oprah? Oprah or, or Orpa, Orpa, uh, and and she or, Orpha, 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 and they, you know, Naomi, their their, mother, their stepmother is like, no, you guys have to leave, you know, go back to your own lands, go back to your own gods, and and Ruth clung on to her, you know, to her stepmother, said, no, I'm not going to leave you, and some preacher was like, well, you know that that. That comes so close on the border of lesbianism. And, you know, when we talk about that, it makes us so uncomfortable. And, and, and it's like, that didn't mean that. Like, nobody in, in their right mind would have, you know, figured that out li- reading that scripture. But that's the kind of stuff that, we, that we're listening to, that we're hearing today. And I'm not talking about, like, just some crazy preacher somewhere. I'm talking about, like, a big name, like, everybody knows this guy. Um, and so that, this is the kind of biblical illiteracy that we hear today. Uh, from many pastors and many, you know, and most Christians, they don't, they don't know what's going on. They don't know that, you know, that this is the case. But, but the thing is, is we're not supposed to care what the world is saying, what people are saying, or what other people, you know, this is some pastor, some, some guy is saying this. We need to care what the Word of God says. Because we are not going to be judged based on how we responded to people's opinions, right? We're going ba- to be judged based on what, how we responded to God's Word. You know, we're not going to be like in heaven and God's going to be like, oh, you didn't listen to those people, you know, that were saying all those things. You didn't listen to them. I told you, you know, listen to them. No, God never said that. God's told us, God's going to judge us, you know, did you listen to my word? People will say, but, you know, all these other people around me, they were telling me things that sounded good. But God's like, I didn't tell you to listen to them. I told you to listen to my word. My word is truth. Listen to the word of God. That's, you know, that's the truth. Um, and so this is, this is kind of the, the, the issues that we're dealing with today. And I wanted to look at some scripture. What does the Bible say about this? Uh, and let's open up to Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1. Daniel, the first chapter. And there's actually a scripture. I forgot to mention it. But the Bible says, beware of... Beware of, uh, philo- uh, it says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to, to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. You know, so a lot of things, like, you know, they'll explain it like this guy was explaining. It. They're like, man, that sounds so good. It sounds so smart. It sounds like, you know, it's, it's high-sounding philosophy and it's just high-mindedness. And, and, you know, people will eloquently, you know, describe things like, man, that sounds so good, but in reality it has no meaning, nothing before God. And so don't let people trick you just because they sound smart, just because they, you know, can explain stuff like this guy. You know, he sounds, he sounds smart. He can eloquently put things together. And like, man, that, that kind of sounds good, yeah. But, you know, it has no meaning before God. So I hope you're at Daniel chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 8. It says, in the, it says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself 
with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. So when Daniel was taken into the kingdom of uh, Babylon, he was given food, and you know he knew that it was not right for him to eat that food. He, he understood that this was, he, not, he was not allowed to eat the food that they had there. And so he decided in his heart that, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to be set apart, right? He decided to set himself apart. Today, someone said, man, if I was Daniel, I would have went in there. I would have eaten everything. I would have, you know, you know, man, I'm a Christian. I'm going to go bring the light. I'm going to join in, do everything that, that people are doing. Uh, and that's the excuse that we hear today. You know, man, Jesus, he went with the sinners, and Jesus was, was with unchristian people. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to join unchristian people, but Jesus never did the things they did, right? Jesus never joined them in their parties. No, they came to him, you know, and today a lot of Christians are going out into the world, and they're trying to, you know, join up with other people, and they think, oh, it's okay to go to a bar because I'm bringing the light of Christ. You know, that's what Jesus would have done. No, the people in the bar would have came to Jesus, not Jesus go to the people in the bar. Uh, so that's not, that's, that's not the right thing. But Daniel never, he, he didn't allow compromise. He said, no, I am going to come here and I'm not going to compromise with what they're doing here. His friends, his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what did they do when, when, um, when they were supposed to? They also didn't eat the food. But what did they do when, they were, when everyone else bowed down to the idols, to the golden statue? They didn't bow down, they, they, and they almost paid for it with their life. They were set apart. And, and I'm just going to read off a couple verses uh, that, that, that say that we are set apart. It says in Ezekiel 44:23, And they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the unholy, and cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean. This, God's talking about us priests. In Ezekiel 44, 23, they shall teach my people the difference between holy and unholy and cause them to discern between the, clean, the unclean and the clean. Ezekiel twenty two twenty six, her priests have violated my laws and profaned my holy things. They have not distinguished between the holy and the unholy, nor have they made known the difference between the unclean and the clean. They have hidden their eyes from, from my Sabbaths so that I am profaned among them. Deuteronomy 7, 6, For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a holy people for himself, a special treasure above all people on the face of the earth. And there's so many other verses. You know, when Moses was in Egypt and, and, the, and Pharaoh says, No, you guys can't go to worship. And then Pharaoh says, Okay, you guys can worship, but worship in the land. And Moses says, No, we got to leave. We got to separate ourselves because you guys don't allow our kind of worship on your, on your you know, land. And God wanted Israel always to be separate. God was, you can see in the Bible, God always wanted them to separate. Separate was unholy and was holy. Now someone might say, okay, well, you're using Old Testament scripture. Don't forget, we're living in the New Testament, so you can't use Old Testament scripture. And now the question is, are we allowed to take an Old Testament scripture and apply it for ourselves? Can we do that? Okay, who thinks we can apply Old Testament Scripture for ourselves today? Okay, who thinks that we cannot apply Old Testament Scripture? Nobody. Well, partly we cannot. And the reason is, here's the reason why we cannot apply some Scriptures to ourselves. There are some, the, the thought that is in the Old Testament, if that same thought is not confirmed in the New Testament, we cannot use that Scripture for ourselves today. 
All right, so let's say, you know, the Old Testament says you're not allowed to eat pork. You know, you got you know, you to put the rib down. You can't eat pork. Pork is not okay. Now, do we eat pork? Amen, right? We eat some pork. Lots of pork. Okay, why do we eat pork? What, is the, what does the New Testament say? The New Testament says it's not what, the, it's not what comes into your mouth that defiles you. It's, it's what comes out of your mouth, right? Uh, you know, Peter saw the vision where God let down the sheet. He said, rise up, Peter, kill and eat. And every man said, amen, amen. You know, so there are scriptures that we don't apply for ourselves because they were in the Old Testament. But there are many scriptures that we do apply because it's also confirmed in the New Testament. So we have to properly discern how do we, which scriptures do we, we can't just take any scripture in the Old Testament because not all of them apply for us today. So we have to remember that if it's confirmed in the New Testament, that thought, if it continues in the New, we can use it. And so this thought of, uh, you know, separation between what's, what, what's unholy and what's holy, is that confirmed in the New Testament? Let's go to 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 through 12. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 12. It says this, Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones are being built up, a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifice accepted to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scriptures, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they were also appointed, to which they also were appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Beloved, I beg you as sojourn. So, sojourners, sojourners, thank you, Roman, and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorably, honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. So it says to what? To be a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, his own special possession. So God calls us to be separate from the world. I'm just going to read off a couple verses. Revelations 18.4. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people. That means come out of the worldly uh, Babylon, the worldly system. Lest you share in her sins and lest you receive of her plagues. So come out from her. Uh, in 1 Corinthians, or sec, sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, we read this. When did we read, when, when did we read chapter 6? Yesterday. We read chapter 7 today, First, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, from verses 16 to 17, and then uh, verse 1 in 2 Corinthians 7, it says, What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, 
says the Lord, do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. Therefore, having all these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all the filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Man, that is like even even more direct than the Old Testament. You know, it says, come out from among them, be separate, don't touch what is unclean. Ephesians 5.11, it says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22 through 23, flee also youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart, but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. So God calls us so many times in the New Testament. I just read off. There's so many more scriptures. We just don't have time for it. So many scriptures about separating yourself, about coming, you know, fleeing away from anything that that stimulates youthful lust. There's so many scriptures. Um, And I want to show you guys another video. This is a church. I don't know what church. I've never seen this church or this pastor. But this uh, this pastor, I guess he decided to have... um, he, he had people dress up in certain colors. So let's say you were born from certain years, like in the 60s or something, you would dress in a certain color of clothes. You would put on brown or gray or whatever, and then he would turn on music. And the music that, you, if it's your color, he would turn on the music that was played during when you were, you know, around back then, so you would, they would get up and dance to that music. Now, of course, you know, in a church, we would expect it to be good music. No, no, it's not. It's unchristian music. Uh, secular music and you okay i'm going to turn on the video you guys will see this is for he he does like a little countdown he says five four three two one and they turn on music and they dance so if you could play the video it will not change until we get people back to jesus four three two busters one stuff in these videos uh so the song right before actually that came on it was uh michael jackson's song and they're all dancing to michael jackson right before and and what's really troubling is what he said he's like yeah you know man we needed help during our days and but you know we give glory to the king of pop michael jackson you know gone but not forgotten and then he goes man some people they might say this is secular well, you shouldn't drive a car and you shouldn't watch TV at home. And they did that. So he's, did, you, did, you see, did you hear what he said? We shouldn't drive a car and we shouldn't watch TV at home because it's also secular. So he basically put that at the same level as whatever that was. Um, and so that's a very troubling thought. Um, and so we see the problem with what's happening today, right? We see that there, the, the line is being erased and now... It's, it's whatever, all the filthiness of, you know, the, the music and movies and everything that we see today, it's, it's becoming okay for Christians. And, and this has been going on for a while, but I feel like it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And so how are we supposed to look at this? What is a biblical 
proper view for this. I want to go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And this is the scripture that always comes up in in my heart every time I think about this, every time I see this. uh, And how do we combat this? How, How do we know? How do we know what is the line between secular and sacred? Are we, are we supposed to allow everything? Are we supposed to say nothing's okay? What, what, what's our proper perspective on this? Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. It says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. You see, the problem what a lot of times what we do with Christianity is we see something like this and we say, all of it is bad. We say, everything is bad. Uh, you know, the music is bad and everything is bad. And so we, we, a lot of times what tends to happen is we distance ourselves from, from a lot of things and we, we do things that are not, that become unbiblical. All right? And I'm, I'm going to be careful how, how I say this. So there's, there's a proper, you know, there's a proper... Uh, a good, healthy, you know, staying away from impure things. And that's right. But some Christians, they, they go further than that. They say, well, we have to say, okay, what, what's secular? What, 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 let's, let's make a list of what's secular. All right. Um, well, driving nice cars is secular. And having a nice house is secular. And, you know, there's some Christians, okay, wearing jeans is secular, you know, and doing this. Is, and, and people tend to make a list, right? People tend to make like a list of, of, you know, what is secular, what is okay, and what is not okay. And, and that becomes religious, right? That becomes very, it quickly becomes, it might have good intention, like, no, we're going to keep away from the world. We're not going to be spotted by the world. And I think Pastor Tanya was talking about at youth camp, how the, 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 the churches in Russia, they would not allow makeup because it's worldly. They would not allow girls to wear jeans because it's worldly. And, and there's all these worldly, you know, you, you, it's like you, you're not allowed to do so many things because it's quote-unquote worldly. And while we do have to abstain from a lot of things, what, how do we view these things? How do we, do we just say, do we just make a list and just say, like, this is worldly, this is worldly, this is worldly, and just, you know, don't allow it? Or how do we view this thing? You know, the Bible says uh, not to, it says in Colossians, it says, uh, don't, uh, how does it say? Okay, therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why as though living in the world do you subject yourself to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste. Do not handle which all concern things which perish with the using according to the commandment and doctrines of men. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility, and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. This is where we see a lot of religious churches. They say, no, let's stay away from the world. And so what they do is self-imposed religion. And they do things that sound good. You know, no, we're going to keep away from anything. And they, and they abstain from every, anything that they, you know, they, they wear, you know, really uncomfortable sweaters. And they're really uncomfortable just so that they, you know, could feel uncomfortable. And, and it's good because they're, you know, it's, it's, you know, they're denying their flesh, you know, something like that. And that becomes religious very quickly. And so our position is not supposed to be just everything is, you know, just, just completely go away from, you know, everything. There are a lot of things that we're supposed to abstain from, but our proper perspective should be, is it good? 
Is it pleasing? Is it holy? Is it acceptable in front of God? Is it, is it praiseworthy? These are the things that we're supposed to allow in our life. Is it, you know, a lot of times we ask the question, is secular music a sin? Is it a sin to do this? Is it a sin to do that? That's the wrong kind of question. We, we should not be asking Jewish questions, right? We should be asking the Christian question, is it good for me? Is this thing good for me? Is it going to help me? Is it going to help my, my, my walk with God? Is it going to help me? And, you know, of course, a lot of these things that we saw today, yeah, those are all bad. Those are really, you know, anything that promotes sin, anything that promotes Today, there's a lot of things that are kind of shady. And you're like, oh, well, I'm not sure. Is it bad or not? It's a funny TV show. And it doesn't really have that, you know, you know, that, that, you know, it's not really that bad. I mean, there's no sexual scenes in it. But anything that promotes ungodliness, anything that promotes, you know, sexual promiscuity, anything that promotes evil, sin, that should be a no. Why? You know, some Christians, oh, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. Come on, we're free in God. We're free in Christ. We can do it. Anything that promotes sin should be for us a no. Why? Because it's, it's affecting our heart. It's affecting our walk with God. It, it taints our spirit. Those things we should, we should see and we should say, no, though, it's not good. It's not good to watch horror movies. It's not good to, to listen to, to, to secular music that, that has cursing and the wrong message. Oh, but there's nothing wrong with this music. It's just a love song. But it's the wrong kind of love. It's, 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 it's promoting lust. Worldly love is not, is not love. It's lust. All right. Biblical love is 1 Corinthians 13. You know, that's, that's whatever the world has. That's not love. That's lust. You know, oh, but that's a good love song. That's no, not a love song. It's a lust song. You know, we need to, we need to be careful when we, when we look at, you know, you know, when we allow something into our life. We need to be careful. We need to have discernment. We need to understand. There's some Christian music that's not okay. You know, there's some Christian, you listen to the music, you listen to the Christian radio, and you're like, is this a a Christian radio? Did I turn to the right station? Because you have no idea what they're talking about. It takes you like three songs before you hear the name of Jesus or anything like, you know, it's just a good, encouraging message nowadays. But we need to be careful when when it comes to even Christian music, whatever it is, is it good for me? Is this going to help me? Is this going to help my walk with God? You know, today there's, you know, there's rappers like Lecrae, and listen... For the longest time, I listened to Lecrae for a long time, uh, probably starting like 2017. I've been a big fan of, of him, and, and I, he really encouraged me with a lot of his stuff. But lately, he's, he says, I'm not a Christian rapper. I am not a Christian rapper. For me, that's a big red flag. Like, okay, I'm, I, I don't want to even have anything to do with, with you or, you know. And, the, and the, we're hearing a lot, just not just him, a lot of messages from, from Christian figures today are wrong, and we have to hear with our heart, is this okay for me or not? And that's, you know, that's why God gave us the Holy Spirit, is that we know what is right and what is not right. You know, I'm not saying, you know, delete all your Christian music. I'm not not saying that. But what I am saying is be careful. Listen to the Holy Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit telling you? Is this okay? Is this this good? Is this going to lift up your, your, is this going to bring you closer to God? Is this going to draw you closer? You know, God, you know, a lot of things that, that, are, that God took out of my life today, I was okay with a couple years ago, you know, five years ago. I was okay with, but God brings you through a process where He constantly is working on you. I like the example that um, Kuralienka, the, the, the blind preacher, when he came here, 
uh, he talked about uh, how a fur trader or like a trapper, he has a rope. And when they clean the rope, he takes, you guys remember that example? He takes it through like the, the, the bigger hole. He runs it through there, cleans it. Then he takes it through the smaller hole and cleans it like that. And then smaller, smaller, smaller until he gets his way to, a, to, a, to, the, time, to the smallest hole. And he, there's no way he would have been able to get it through there right away. He had to take it through. It was a process. And God is working with us. It's a process where he could sit. He, he's constantly working on us, changing us, taking one thing out of our life, taking another thing out of our life. And that's what God does with us. And so we have to be, we have to be sensitive to, to, to the process of the Holy Spirit. We have to say, God, what do, you, what do you want me to do? Are you okay with this? Are you okay with this? You know, and... There's a lot of things, yeah, it's blatant sin, we shouldn't have a part in it, but we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, because if we begin to just say, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, religiously just, you know, making lists of what's okay and what's not okay, it becomes very religious and it doesn't deal with our heart. See, God is looking at our heart and it does not deal with our heart, but when we come to God and say, God, is this helping me to get closer to you? Is this good? Is this good for, for me? Is this good for me to listen to? When we approach it like that, that's, I believe that's a proper biblical perspective on what it means to, to separate ourselves from the world, separate ourselves from, you know, from worldly things. And a lot of times, it might seem, man, there's nothing wrong with that or nothing wrong with this, but the Holy Spirit will tell you. That's not good. You know, people, people around you will be like, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with watching football on a Sunday. You know, but God told me one day, don't watch football on a Sunday. And, you know, it's, you got to listen to what the Holy Spirit is telling you. We have to be, that's what Christianity is. Jesus said, I'm leaving and it's good that I'm leaving. Why? Because I'm sending who? A comforter, the Holy Spirit, who will lead you into all truth. The Holy Spirit leads us into all truth and he leads us into what our lifestyle is supposed to be. That's what, that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And so I, I'm, I don't want to, you know, completely just bash one person or another or whatever. I want us to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and not to say, um, not to just say everything's okay. You know, that's probably the worst thing to do is to say everything's okay. Probably better to say nothing's okay. You know, listen to nothing, watch nothing than to say, you know, everything's okay. There's no more lying. Everything's all gray. You know, gray and it's okay. You know, whatever. No, we're not. It's not gray and it's okay. No, it's we have to see, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to show us what is right and what is wrong. And we know, right? We know what is right. We know what is wrong. You know, because in, in the end, people are going to do whatever people want to do, right? In the end, people, you know, I learned this. People do whatever people want to do. You know, they can listen to pastor for their whole life growing up. But in the end, they'll do whatever they want to do. But when we listen to the Holy Spirit, that's when something changes in our life. Amen. When we stand on the word of God and we say, no, I believe in the word of God. That's the foundation. That's our, you know, that's our bottom line. The word of God. If somebody goes off the word of God, we don't listen to it. Amen. You know, the word of God is like, it's like I'm standing on, you know, standing on the floor. When you stand on the word of God, you don't go any deeper. You don't go lower than the word of God, right? There's no other foundation that you have, right? If let's say I step, I stand on here, you know, or here. Somebody can push me off, right? Somebody can push me off and I fall and that's it. But when you're standing on the word of God, you're standing on the ground, you will not fall. Jesus said, if you build on this rock, it will not fall. No matter what. People today are building their life with different ideas and different. They listen to people. They're like, oh man, I can do whatever I want to do. And I, I'm free in Christ. And they get all these ideas. And then guess what happens? 
they fall. They have a nervous breakdown. Something crazy happens in their life. You know, they get a divorce, whatever. They fall. But when we stand on the word of God, it might not be popular. It might not be the most exciting but we will not fall. We will stand. When the storm comes, when whatever comes in our life, we will keep standing as long as we build our life on the Word of God. Amen. As long as we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Let's, we're going to pray right now, and let's just ask that God would give us discernment. God would give us just wisdom in, in these things. Let's stand up. Let's ask that the Holy Spirit would lead us into all truth, that we would not...